Hi, and welcome to Top in Tech. My name is Conan Darcy. I'm your regular podcast host and a senior practice director at Global Council. This week, we have a special episode. We hosted a reception in London on the regulation of the metaverse held in order to mark original research that we're going to be publishing on the 23rd of November. Amongst other things, that research will feature public polling on the attitudes towards the metaverse from the public in the US, the UK and France. And as part of that reception, part of that discussion, we were privileged to have Melanie Dawes, the CEO of Ofcom, which is one of the UK's leading digital regulators. She attended the event and she spoke to give her views, not only on the metaverse, but very specifically on that issue around online safety in the metaverse, as Ofcom looks to take on its new regulatory powers under the UK's online safety bill. So under uh, the discussion, we had Melanie in conversation with Global Council's chairman, Peter Mandelson. It's a fascinating discussion, so please enjoy. Melanie, thank you very much for, indeed for joining us. Thank you for inviting um, me because you are absolutely at the forefront of all these issues. Let me start, if I may, by just sort of touching on the, the, the sort of tech lash, the sort of public sort of backlash against big tech. Do, do you think that our approach to regulation of the metaverse should be informed by a public perception that perhaps you know, we have been a bit slow in the past, a bit slow to <clears throat> regulate the internet or social media or big tech, whatever you wish to call it. And that, you know, for too long, the regulators were playing catch up and they shouldn't be caught out again. Well, look, I think um, how we value and respond to public perception is, is, an, is in essence, I think, a question for politicians, for government and parliament. But, you know, I would say that um, it's certainly right that we are late to regulating for online safety. Um, and actually, the UK is further ahead than almost any other country. And, and, and you know, we're still catching up. So um, I don't actually think that we have to be anything light as le like as late as that when it comes to metaverse services. And I can explain a little bit what I think the online safety bill actually gives us quite a lot of uh, flexibility to regulate metaverse services as currently drafted. Um, but I would say as the regulator, what we put a huge amount of effort into is understanding public experiences and user experiences and attitudes of children and parents and adults and what they think about the services that they're currently using. And they are really clear, just as your research showed, they're really clear that they want to see regulation, not heavy regulation. We didn't ask them whether they wanted heavy regulation, mm -hmm. but they want to see safety taken into account much more actively. Um, so as, the, as a regulator for us, rooting what we do in public attitudes properly researched is incredibly important and that that will be at the yeah. center of what we try to do but here. where do you strike the balance between you know responsible uh, intervention and as it were premature <laughs> intervention mm. uh, with the risk that you know that you'll choke off innovation that mm. something which is emerging mm. and taking shape mm. that suddenly you come sort of clunking in and start discouraging uh, people uh, from exploring this uh, world and innovating in the way that, you know, we would want them to do. Well, look, I think um, when you think about metaverse and then you think about the services we have today, 
the reason why I think we can pull it off, and I mean, look, that is the classic balance for any regulator to make sure that you absolutely do provide for innovation. And that's written into the bill. It's absolutely written into all of Ofcom's founding kind of legislation that legislation that um, innovation and actually in most cases promoting competition as well is a big part of, of, of what we're required to do by law and a big part of what we believe in as a regulator. Um, so it's a very important tension for us always, but I, I think we can pull it off because in the end, you know, when I look at metaverse services, a lot of what's going on there is already happening on current gaming, social media and other internet services. The online safety bill is technology neutral. It doesn't talk about Web 2 uh, any more than it talks about Web 3. And actually what you've got here already is people coming together on social media with not proper age verification a lot of the time, with services that haven't been properly thought through for younger users, with uh, not that much care as to how algorithms work and what the impact is on users of having large quantities of content of a particular nature appearing on their feeds in a way that they didn't really think that they were asking for. And actually all those same principles, age verification, how algorithms work, how user flagging works, parental controls, those all apply in the meta metaverse as well. Mm. I'm actually quite confident that what we're doing now and other regulators globally are in this space as well, will stand us in quite good stead so that we can actually be clear about what some of the rules of the road need to be um, and actually give a bit more certainty to some of the developers and the innovators coming along as to you know, where they can actually be confident that if they you know, respect those rules, actually their service can flourish and they won't have to then retrofit it later because a regulator's caught up somewhere. So that, look, I'm not okay. saying this is easy, but that's what we're aiming to do. And I'm, I'm optimistic we can get that balance right. What are we talking about when we're discussing the metaverse? Oh, I, I'm question. not quite clear from what you're saying. Mm. I mean, are we talking uh, about something which is as profound as the next sort of iteration of the internet and something you know which has potential and quite profound importance in how we live our lives mm. or are we talking about an extension of gaming technology or e-commerce or, 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 or what well look i don't think any of us know for sure i mean this is much debated and um there's a whole load of money going in um to try to achieve various different you know, versions of the future that different companies are banking on. But at its heart, if these services are going to make money, they will surely be about connecting people. Um, they will surely be about creating worlds that people want to join. And that will, I think, raise questions uh, that are very familiar to the ones we face today of which are those, which are those people who is allowed in at what age? How do we provide for that in a way that's secure but not too intrusive and doesn't have you constantly having to click verifications all the time, particularly if you're walking down the road with, you know, VR spectacles of, on or AR spectacles on, you might trip mm. up when you're constantly <laughs> to do your mm. do your click. So I, I do think that we don't know what these services are exactly going to be, but I do think we know quite a lot now about the kinds of safety features that we're going to need to make them work for users, particularly for young people and children. So you're quite clear that, you know, that the already existing framework mm. of legislation and mm. all that you need and have put in place or are putting in place they want to preempt Parliament, obviously, mm, mm. Um, is there and can be seamlessly applied to the metaverse. Is that right? Uh, well, I mean, we don't know exactly how the metaverse is going to develop. So uh, we can never predict that any legislation is going to be completely future proof. But and, and I'm sure, actually, that the, the degree of novelty about this legislation 
even of Web 2, actually, and what we're trying to do through the online safety um, preparations that we're making, uh, you know, there may well uh, be further action from Parliament even beyond this bill. And I, I suspect this is going to be a very active area politically for some years to come. So there may well be opportunities and there may well be a need to adapt the legislation in response to the metaverse or in response to other issues. But um, I, I don't see the metaverse issues as being a completely different category of problems. The definition of user-generated content in the bill is quite broad. Um, we think there's a good chance that it covers quite a lot of what is there when you go now into virtual reality worlds and people are creating those worlds. That's user-generated content a lot of the time. People are coming along and joining those worlds. You have all the issues I've just been mentioning around age verification. So I think um, the legal principles will be quite similar and we think the actual solutions and the categories of solutions will also be quite similar. I'm not saying it will all be seamless or that we won't need further changes to legislation down the track, but I think what we're doing already will prepare us quite well for that. And do you think you're going to care about interoperability? I mean, do you, are you going to care about the emergence <clears throat> of, you know, a whole new raft mm. of sort of gatekeepers and walled mm. gardens? in the operation, in the working of the metaverse? I mean, do you see, do you have some mm. I don't know, utopian view of some sort of shared virtual space? Or are you thinking uh, instead of a sort of series of separate virtual worlds in which we have to be careful to change out of our Brazilian shirt as we move from one world to the next? Um, I mean, what what is, do you have any concern about interoperability mm. at this stage? Um, from a safety perspective, um, I'm not sure, honestly. I mean, um, I, I would say with, you know, as a competition regulator, um, you know, with a lot of experience that Ofcom has, particularly around telecoms, about making sure that markets are fair and that the consumer is well treated as a, you know, from a more of traditional consumer perspective, interoperability can be really important there. I, I would say whenever you have services where people get stuck because they just can't move their data or they've got all their friends on a particular service that maybe they were required to join at university and now they actually want to move to a new one, whenever you have those that stickiness for consumers, you have an issue potentially with competition in the market that prevents new entrants coming in um, and also prevents consumers from really being able to respond if they don't like the service they're getting because they kind of don't have alternatives. So. I would say those issues are, are important, and I think our Competition and Markets Authority is already on to some of those from a digital markets perspective with the services we have today. Um, but as the safety regulator, I'm not sure whether I mind if you're still in your Brazilian shirt when you mm. go to a business meeting. I suspect I don't mind some about that. Some people do care. I mean, I, um, <laughs> I think what I care about is whether children are able to be groomed by adults in these places, as yeah. they can be on existing social media platforms. I think I really care about whether or not people stumble into uh, different platforms uh, and aren't able to take their data with them in mm. a way that would otherwise have kept them safe. So, but I also think we need to care about, um, you know, what, what you wouldn't want is for age verification, for example, which I think is going to be quite central, to work only in some environments. I'd much rather see a situation where you can take your identity, have verified it probably through a third party provider, and then be able to move seamlessly around uh, the metaverse or anywhere else in a way that we can all rely on much more than we can today. Okay. But given that we're not quite sure what it is, or 
quite sure what it's going to become. Just give me a sense of how much of your sort of waking time you're devoting to the metaverse. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to sort of gauge how focused and how on this you are or whether you're just looking at it mm -hmm. out of the corner of your eye, as it were. Well, our priority is to work with the services that exist today where millions of adults and children spend huge amounts of their time, ever-increasing amounts of their time. We're already regulating 19 video sharing platforms, including TikTok and Snap, various adult sites amongst that. And then if the bill, I think it will, the bill comes through, um, we will, that, will, that role will expand. And you know, we have to worry about illegal harms on existing social media platforms. We have to worry about protecting children. So for us, that is the priority over the next few years. Okay. But we are, particularly with our fellow regulators, putting quite a lot of our time into the metaverse. We've got a big horizon scanning program with the ICO, the CMA, the Financial Conduct Authority as well. We've held you know, events on metaverse, on Web3, to try to get our heads around this. And we're doing quite a lot of work actually on mapping okay. this so, so that we don't get caught so out. So you're alert, you're watching, yeah. you're uh, researching, yep. um, but you don't yet have a completely firm view of what it is that you might be regulating, but you have that sort of steely resolve that mm. I can see. We certainly have steely it, resolve. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the resolve is steeliest with the platforms today. I mean, clearly, I think that's quite right. It has to be because, you know, that's that's you know, and that's an issue, and the public wants us to fix that. Parliament's going to ask us to try to fix that, and you know, we are already well on our way. And um, we, um, you know, there are, you have to get quite practical about this. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on already, and we're already changing quite a lot, particularly on the video sharing so we, platforms that we already regulate. Um, but what we don't want is to get caught out by this and to find five years down the line that um, these, these services have grown in a way that we hadn't spotted. But we do, you know, we have very good research in this area. We know where people spend their time and mm. we, will, we will be guided actually where children and young people are hanging out. Um, okay. And a lot of the new uses from Web3, from the metaverse are gonna be on gaming, um, where there are a lot of children, particularly boys. Um, and so, you know, if we see platforms, even if they're quite small, that aren't taking those risks, particularly to young people, seriously, we will be having that conversation immediately once we're the full online safety regulator. Okay, and before, last question on this, before you and other regulators sort of step in, mm. do you think the industry should be given a chance mm. to self-regulate, to put their own regulation in place? <clears throat> or do you think the lesson we take from the past is that the, that sort of era of self-regulation has come and gone? Well, um, if I'm right, and the online safety bill means that we'll already be regulating some metaverse services, then I'm not sure I really see that self-regulatory phase, to be honest, existing from a, a UK perspective. You know, it, as I said, it, issues around age verification, um, flagging and reporting, parental controls. If you've got young people in an environment um, where there is user-generated content that falls within the scope of the bill, then that will already be caught by okay. the online safety bill. I mean, your um, approach or your concern as a regulator seems very well aligned with public opinion, according to our uh, polling, uh, which is a priority given to the protection of children. 
Mm. You've emphasized that a lot. Mm. Clearly a public priority as well. Apart from protection of children, um, what other areas of um, sort of activity or behavior would worry you as the metaverse emerges? Well, I think some of what Roger was talking about earlier around wider um, social impact, um, uh, and that can take a number of different forms. I mean, it might be, um, you know, you talk, Roger, about the fact that you know, media is consumed very, very differently uh, than how it was sort of five, ten years ago, certainly even 15, certainly once you look further back. Um, that isn't really in the scope of the online safety regime. So one of the reasons I'm, I've been talking about children so much is it's very much about individual harms. But I think there are perfectly, I think, you know, perfectly valid, actually really quite important wider questions about policy, whether that's to do with um, societal issues around disinformation and misinformation or whether it's to do just with the fact that you know these virtual reality experiences are very immersive and the degree of harm that can be created and indeed the degree of enjoyment that they have huge potential to intense. mess with people's heads they have huge potential Rogers. to create amazing positive experiences yeah. but they can also when they're bad they can be even worse than what you might experience on one of the traditional social media platforms. It's funny, we call them traditional now, don't we? Um, yes. I do. Um, and so I think that, but, but I think that's a slightly different question. Um, should we be allowing kids to spend so much of their time on these platforms? Should we even be allowing adults to spend so much time in these experiences? I think that's, those are quite, those are important, but I think they're, they're, they're policy and political questions. Um, so, I'm, so I'm not saying I'm ignoring those. I'm just saying as a regulator, we're dealing with the issues that we've been asked by Parliament to deal with. So the greater the sort of scope or potential for immersion, the greater potentially could be the harm yes. of messing with people's heads. And the enjoyment, of course. And that is important to remember that, you know, these services are there and they're popular. And we wouldn't we don't want to stop that. Um, but it's about recognizing, you know, where safety features need to be be put in. So, you know, a, a sort of, you know, an adult immersive VR environment, uh, like a lot of the adult games that are out there, you know, fantastic, incredibly exciting, can actually be quite good for the development of your brain, as the research was saying um, today, in fact. But, you know, put bad actors um, together who want to cause harm, um, put vulnerable people in those environments without any checking, and you can have some quite potentially risky environments that go beyond what happens on social media today, there, or is different in any event. And there's as great a potential risk of those bad actors and that damaging environment emerging uh, in the metaverse as, there, as we see in, in other areas. Is that what you're well, saying? Well, I think what we've learned over the last 10 or 15 years is that when you create safe spaces for people to congregate, not everybody behaves well. And that behavior can be criminal. It can be you know, deeply predatory behavior, for example, against children. It can be, it can be you know, terrorist content. It can be live streaming a mass shooting, um, as we've also seen. It can be you know, really horrific, illegal activity that is easier to have a bigger impact on, on the internet, on web two, as well as potentially on web three. Um, and unfortunately, people have taken that opportunity. It can also be behavior that isn't necessarily illegal, but is pretty unpleasant, bullying and harassment and pylons and just a tone of voice that is, you know, that you wouldn't use if you were face to face with somebody and can be actually very upsetting. Um, and interestingly, our research shows quite a lot of difference 
um, between how women and men experience some of this, actually. So mm. the range of the range of harms is there. I think we've shown that, you know, you do need moderation to uh, make sure that you you manage these things because they happen at such scale. And I think the thing about metaverse is you're adding intensity potentially yeah. into that mix, which is which is a difference that you know needs to be but taken into account. You think that the online safety bill coming into law gives you the sort of framework that you need? That's I think it begins to give us the right framework, and you know probably but the scope is broad enough to cover some of the services at least that we'll be dealing with but you know will parliament want to amend it at some point yeah. probably isn't the problem with legislation it's such a sort of slow cumbersome mm. i mean technology mm. changes mm. far more rapidly than mm. dare i say it parliament and government mm. and its interaction mm. produces mm. legislation don't well, you do you not feel that your constantly legislating for sort of yesterday's technology? Well, I think what you need is legislation that is future-proofed. And as I said, the online safety bill is technology neutral. How do you future-proof what you don't know? By keeping it at a level of principles. And the online safety bill is technology neutral. It's got a broad definition of the kind of services it covers. You know, is it broad enough? I don't know, but it's pretty broad for us to be getting on with, we think. And it's about systems and processes. And I think a lot of the same systems and processes are going to be relevant on the metaverse as are relevant on today's services. Now, there are some differences. We've talked about the immersive nature of particularly um, VR, but um, and, and there are some other differences as well. Um, I think the sort of disaggregated, sort of decentralized nature of the metaverse raises questions about who's accountable, which I think need a bit of thought as well. Um, I think it's much harder for parents to know what their children are doing when somebody's got a headset on and you, by definition, can't be there alongside them. So there are definitely some differences. Mm. How do you flag content that's ephemeral if you've just seen something really awful? How do you how do you tell somebody about that mm. and get it acted on if it's disappeared because it was just an experience you just had? So there are some differences. Um, and I'm not in any way, I hope I'm not coming across as sounding you know, that this is very easy or, or too complacent. But I think, you know, I do think that this bill and the work that's already going on gives us a good start on this stuff. Um, and what about I really capacity? Do. I mean, uh, sort of a legal framework and its interpretation or application is one thing in principle. Mm. What about the capacity? I mean, the number of users that we're seeing in the sort of foreseeable future on the in the metaverse going to be dwarfed, isn't it, by the sort of Instagrams and TikTok users of this world? I mean, surely you have to maintain a sense of yeah. proportional priority. So that's yes, what do. I'm saying. Yes, we do. And, and we will do that. And that's why, as I said, you know, there's an awful lot for us to be getting on with next year when the bill is enacted and that we're already getting on with, with video sharing platforms. And absolutely, the number of users will be one of the things we take into account. The bill requires us to be proportionate, and that will be one of the one of the issues. So, uh, you know, it, this is why it remains to be seen, doesn't it, where the metaverse is going, which are the services that are going to catch on. Are they going to be highly moderated ones that are mostly, for example, retail or commercial ones, where all the incentives are on the shop or the company to make sure that people don't have something awful happen to them when they've walked into the shop, just as it would be if you went into, you know, the Apple store in Regent Street. You know, there are security guards on the door to make sure that 
people don't come in when they've spent the whole mm. afternoon in the pub and cause trouble. You, you know, th th there are certain environments on the metaverse where the incentives will be in the right direction and you'll probably be able to rely, as we do on highly moderated social media services, um, on actually safety genuinely being thought through from the start. It's services where scale is where revenue comes from, where often I'm afraid, and I know I always keep coming back to younger people, but things like gaming are particularly attractive to kids and particularly to boys. If those are the frontiers and those are where the services are being developed, I think we're, we're going to need to, the regulation is probably going to need to be more active to make sure that safety okay. is built in from the start. Let me just ask you one last question, though, and that is, I mean, when you reach a tipping point uh, in engaging or judging where the metaverse is going up in your list of uh, priorities, is it the number of um, <coughs> people on the metaverse? Is it the sort of commercial expansion and success of the metaverse? Where, where do you judge your tipping point should be? Um, well, I don't think there's... I don't think there's one one tipping point, but for us, it'll be what's happening for British users of these services. Where are they? Where are they spending their time? Where do we judge that the safety issues are most of concern? That'll be that'll be what we're interested in. So it's partly scale and number of users, but it's also the nature of those users and the vulnerability, and it's the nature of the service and whether or not um, uh, you know it's got the right safety features built in. I, I guess. Part of what I'm saying is that for us, this is less about metaverse versus non-metaverse, and it's more about what services is the public using. And once you start to think about it in those terms, the online safety bill gives you, I think, you know, a pretty mm. good framework to start here. And it doesn't feel like quite such an enormous jumping off point to think metaverse or non-metaverse. Mm. It's an evolution of where we are now, albeit with some quite big differences and using different technologies. Melanie, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Really. Thank you. Um, so I hope you enjoyed uh, that conversation between Melanie and Peter. And please do look out for the full report that we're going to be publishing on the regulation of the metaverse on the 23rd of November. And as always, ahead of that, if you, your business area investment are exposed to the regulatory trends that were discussed on today's podcast, so most notably the metaverse, virtual reality, augmented reality, or gaming, just don't hesitate to get in touch. As I've said before, we've been doing a lot of work in this area. I'm very happy to continue the conversation. You can find our contact details uh, for myself um, and for the rest of the Global Council team on the GC website at www global-council.com or via the link in the podcast notes. Next time, we're going to have a conversation with colleagues in the US about what the US midterm results mean for the tech sector and tech regulation, and also from colleagues from our Singapore office to talk through what's happening in Southeast Asian tech. Thank you and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.